great to see everybody in church on this Sunday morning. If you have your Bibles, please look at Revelation 16, verse 12. Revelation 16, 12. We're going to have a look at a couple of verses there. Forty years ago, uh, so back in 1981, I remember walking along the main street of Geraldton up in, north of us, and I saw a poster in a stop window and I saw a few and then finally I stopped and looked at it and remember the colour was orange and, and black and um, it was a number of movies being advertised by a new place called The Potter's House. And the theme of it was, and the title was, Are These the Last Days? One of the movies was a movie um, produced by David Wilkerson entitled The Road to Armageddon. The Road to Armageddon. And part of the blurb was, here's the news. Here's what the Bible says. So put the pieces together, folks. We're in the end times. The link was very clear and very strong that this ancient book that so many might have had on their bookshelves or had uh, scattered throughout their house or in their motel room cupboard, that at times we had thought perhaps out of date and maybe not relevant to today, seems now to have greater understanding and making perfect sense and more current than the latest newsflash. People can debate many things and about scripture and theology if you want, but one thing's very clear, the world is rapidly changing and swiftly marching towards Armageddon. This text is the text that speaks to that issue. Armageddon is the last great battle of mankind culminating man's attempt to govern without Christ. Let's have a look at the thought, the relentless march towards Armageddon. Revelation chapter 13 verse, I mean 16 verse 12. Revelation 16, 12. The Bible says, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs, which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Verse 15, behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And they gathered them together to the place called in the Hebrew Armageddon. I want to look at the relentless march towards Armageddon. And let's consider this text for a few minutes on this Sunday morning. Well, let's consider this great gathering. When I had the privilege on two occasions going on the Fellowship Israel trip, 
One of the things you do on uh, some of the early days is you go to the hill of Megiddo. And from that place, you overlook the valley of Megiddo and the Jezreel Valley. And it's interesting as you sing this great sight on this hill overlooking this great valley, there's so much history in that place. They called that area the crossroads of civilization as armies either would come from the south or come down from the north and it was a crossroad location where battle upon battle have been fought there over the thousands of years of known history. And it's interesting that we know that Megiddo and Armageddon is synonymous with the end of the world synonymous with that final great battle. And as you stand there, there's signposts declaring that. There's articles that have been written, popular movies and TV, speak about Armageddon. You speak to most people and they've heard that phrase and understand that, what it means to some degree. You would think then with all this warning, that mankind would stay away. That we would give Megiddo and Armageddon a wide berth. Because we think there's nothing good happening here with this great judgment and the end of the world, wouldn't you think? Man surely thinks I'm in control of my own future. If I know something in advance, I can avoid the danger, stay away from the pitfalls. But how many know so much of life that's not true? People and their family maybe have come from an abusive family situation and we say to ourselves, uh, listen, I'm not gonna repeat that abuse in my own family, but things do happen. And the abused many times sadly becomes the abuser. People think about financial mismanagement. I'm not going to make the mistakes of others. If I gamble, I'm only going to do it in moderation. I'm not going to do what others have done. Perhaps it's sinful behaviour. If I indulge to some degree in certain behaviours, I'm not going to get addicted. I'm stronger than that. It's not going to happen to me. And we think that. It's like Samson, the strong man of old uh, in Judges 16, verse 20. And Delilah said, the Philistines are on you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and he says, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know the Lord had departed from him. He thought, I'm not going to be bound I'm not going to get in that situation because I'm in control. But can I say to you this morning, there is an illusion of control. And that thought is there's a tendency of people to overestimate your ability to control events. That's the illusion of control. If we look at our text, the Bible makes a statement in verse 13. John the Revelator from that place as he's taken to the heavenly perspective in Revelation chapter 4. And he begins to 
write down what he saw and what God showed him. He said at this time, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, the mouth of the beast, now the mouth of the false prophet. They are or they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Three characters here. The dragon, that symbolically or speaks to the devil himself. The beast is this world leader, the Antichrist, and then it's his religious leader, the false prophet and this demonic trinity. The Bible says out of their mouths come this spirit or these spirits. I want to say to you as we ponder that, there is a connection between what comes out of their mouth and the spiritual world. These spirits most likely carried by their words. Pastor Mitchell always told us that words are spirits or spiritual. That's why you can't hear bad words of rebellion and think that you're going to just survive that. It's spiritual. You think you have the illusion of control. I can, I can handle this. We see in this text that that's not true. The Bible says from these characters in the time of the tribulation that they convince mankind the Bible says the kings of the earth, the leaders of the earth and the whole earth to come to that place. It's a relentless march. The world is heading towards Armageddon. The great judgment day is coming. Revelation 19, 17 and 18 says, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of the heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and those that sit on them, the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. So the lesson here this morning is, whether you believe it or not, Armageddon's coming. Whether you feel that you're smarter, than Scripture and God, even though you're forewarned, there's a relentless march. The world, the nations are coming to that place. The Bible's clear. Armageddon is coming. We can see some signposts along the road as we're marching. The Bible gives us a number of indications. This great battle is when the forces, uh, amen, of the world come into the nation of Israel. Increasingly, there's attacks against Israel. From the very first day it was founded, 1948, it was attacked on a number of fronts. And you say, why is that the case? Why is there this anti-Semitism on planet Earth? The Bible tells us about that, Revelation 12 verse 13. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman that gave birth to the male child. And this is symbolically speaking of the devil persecuted uh, the woman, which I believe is representing Israel, who gave us the Christ. 
that the forces of evil, that, e that the evil at work, the evil one himself persecutes Israel. Why? Number one reason is they gave us through the family of Israel, they gave the world Jesus Christ. And Satan hates that. It's very clear. Bible also says in Romans 3 verse 1 and 2, what advantage then is to the Jew or what is profit of circumcision? Very much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. What that is saying is God has not only used them to give us Christ, but has used the Jewish people to give us the word of God. The writers being Jewish of background, the apostles, these people, and they were given to the world, the oracles or the word of God. And that's why the enemy and evil hates them. So that's a signpost. They're going to come to Armageddon partly is about the final destruction of Israel, but it's also the world gathering together to fight against God. Not only that is their attack against the Christian West. In Revelation 12 verse 17, and the dragon was enraged with the woman and went out to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Here is not only talking about Israel, but it's beyond that. Those that are saved. I would say even nations. God has blessed uh, the Christian West, uh, amen, with his favour and the ability to live in freedom and to uh, uh, preach the gospel in the earth. But I want to tell you, Western Christian democracy is assaulted today like never before. By dictatorships, by atheism, by communism, like never before, we're finding an assault against the Christian Western democracy. Can I say, what you're watching, I believe is the last days of Christian democratic rule. You're seeing that in front of your own eyes. Because you know, in the tribulation, it's not democratic. It's not, you're not gonna be voting the Antichrist in. What we're watching, I believe, is the last days and years if God would give us that time and space. Not only that, you're seeing the rise of the East or the Orient. Let's have a look at our text. Revelation 13, uh, 16, verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his bowl in the great river Euphrates, uh, and its water was dried up so the way of the king, kings of the East might be prepared. As you look at that and study that out, the Euphrates was the thought of the dividing the East and the West. And here the Bible says that division, I mean, is broken down and we're watching in our own generation the rise of a new world superpower coming from the East and the Orient. Do you know China today has more than 1 billion people more than the United States? United States has about 330 million people. China has nearly 1.5 billion, just short of that. Incredible people, incredible uh, increase. And you're seeing right in front of your eyes, amen, uh, that there's a issue in Hong Kong that 
They, you know, Hong Kong now, so much of their freedom is gone. The issues in the South China Sea, the cyber attacks, the threats to Australia. That's what all the news is about right now. And this is a signpost that we're marching because the kings of the East are involved in Armageddon. I believe it's their play for ultimate world domination. Man doesn't stop them, but God does. These are signposts along the road. The signpost, tragically, is the moral decline in the West. Nations and people that have been strong, the springboard of faith and morality to push back, to fight, to stand up and our fight, our forefathers, that has radically been changed. There was a news article last year, living in Melbourne in Victoria, it had a picture on the front page of the newspaper of the last couple that were legally able to be married in Victoria before the government banned marriages. And it was two women. We see a moral decay that is happening in the West. Look at our text, verse 13. I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, the beast and the false prophet. These unclean spirits have been allowed to take hold in nations to drive and deceive nations. So where are we moving to? We're moving to minutes to midnight. Those that study history know that there was a flashpoint, a global flashpoint, the beginning of the First World War on the 28th of June, 1914. There was an assassination of Archduke Fernandes, Fernando of Austria, the heir of the Austro-Hungarian throne, and it immediately triggered a war. Nations that had aligned immediately uh, went into a war footing. Several alliances that had been formed over the last decades came into power. And the major powers of the world, including the colonies, including Australia and New Zealand, uh, quickly were involved in the First World War. And obviously, those that know history, Second World War is just a continuation with a pause between the first. One man's assassination was a trigger point and spread throughout the world. And many of us watched last year, there was a man that George Floyd and, you know, the tragic death of that, and it triggered something around the world. You know, there are trigger points, aren't there? There, there, there are moments where things can happen very quickly and the world can change. We understand that the Middle East is been a focal point of Bible prophecy and is becoming again a more dangerous place. There was an old article that I read that said, what President Obama does not seem to understand is that his lack of support of Israel not only saps Israel, but more frightening still, it emboldens Israel's enemy. That the Middle East and the world is now a more dangerous place as the sons and daughters of apes and pigs are delegitimized once again. That was an old article during Obama's time. And there was a slight pause during President Trump, but there's a strong tide. There's a strong tide moving again. If you go to Israel, you stand on the hill of Megiddo and you realise I'm looking at a place where Revelation 16, 16 is going to happen. The Jezreel Valley or the Valley of Megiddo is just down there and it's very heady stuff. 
each time that we had gone to that uh, place, it was a great tour, but each time we'd gone there, there was things going off, rockets firing. We were standing on the Mount of Olives and we heard the air ride siren go off in Jerusalem as missiles are coming in from Gaza. We got behind, they said, where's Gaza? That way, quick behind this wall. We were on the Syrian border and we heard a big explosion as they blew out of the sky a drone. So there's all those things that are going on so much in our world. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 3, in the morning you say, it'll be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky. You cannot discern the time, signs of the times. He's saying if you can forecast to some degree the weather, you should know the season and the time that you're living in because of the markers and the indications and the patterns that have been played out. I mean, no, they said there was going to be rain this morning. And guess what? Rain this morning. Man can work that out. And Jesus is saying, you should be able to work this out. You should know the times that we're living in. And that was his day when Christ first came. The Old Testament prophesied incredibly accurate and he's saying you should see that and know that but for us we're looking to his second coming and the Bible's filled with the signs of his return we look at the nation of Israel where Armageddon is and consider that Israel is God's timepiece and may 1948, Ezekiel 37 verse 14 was fulfilled and it says, and I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I'll place you in your own land and you shall know that I the Lord uh, have spoken and performed it, says the Lord. A nation born in a day, a modern miracle and God says after nearly 2,000 years, I'm gonna place you back in your own land. And he did. And Jesus says in Luke 21, verse 24, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive to all nations. This is the Jewish people. And Jerusalem shall be trampled by the Gentiles and the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And Jerusalem has come back in 1967 under Jewish rule again. Again, over 1900 years, Jesus's words are fulfilled. You're looking for signposts? There's just a couple. It says in the book of Revelation that people not be able to buy or sell save they have a mark on their right hand or their forehead. We can see that in front of our eyes now, a cashless society, impossible years ago. But most people don't even bring cash to church to give to God. We need to bring something to God, can you say amen? We're living increasing in that, we could, all those things. The two witnesses that witness uh, are like Elijah and, uh, uh, of old and Moses. Uh, the Bible says they're slain in the streets of Jerusalem and the whole world sees that. How could they see that any other generation without the technology we have today in social media, internet, live TV? All of those things can happen today. There's so many signposts of the time you and I live in. Some say, well, we're further on than we think. We're in the tribulation right now. I'd say, no, we're not. 
the believers, the church. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 13 and 14, you are salt on the earth, but if salt loses its savour, how then shall be seasoned? It will be good for nothing, but thrown out and trampled uh, uh, underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city upon a hill. See, the believers of the church are called to be salt that preserves things from going off. Uh, amen. Keeping things uh, edible uh, and useful uh, and light that reveals the truth and helps men uh, walk without stumbling. And 2 Thessalonians 3 verse, uh, 2 verse 1 says, Now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask... And then he goes on to say in verse 7, for the law, mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Now he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless none will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth to destroy with the brightness of his coming. The lawless one is the Antichrist uh, and he's, uh, amen, he's been restrained and he who now restrains, we believe that's the Holy Spirit working in the church of the living Christ uh, and that, that we are the restraint, the salt and the light and are restraining the spirit and the person of the lawless one today. That's a powerful revelation. People think, is the vaccination the mark of the beast? No, it's not. The mark of the beast is uh, coming in the time of the tribulation and I'm not planning to be here. Bible speaks about uh, Christ, uh, uh, I mean, coming in the clouds and taking his church, uh, I mean, and then the lawless one uh, being released uh, to do his thing in those last days. So let's consider then finally escaping Armageddon. Armageddon in itself is an inescapable fact and the world is marching relentlessly to that day where nations will gather against Israel. The tribulation will be on the earth. The end of the world is coming. And in verse 16, and they gathered them together called in the Hebrew Armageddon. Armageddon is a given, but what is still to be worked out is your individual participation or non-participation in that time. What do I mean by that? In Matthew 26, verse 24, the Son of Man must indeed go as is written him, but woe is to the man whom the Son of Man has betrayed. It has been good for that man if he'd not been born. So here is Christ. He's speaking to his disciples. Says, Someone's going to betray me. Is it I, Lord? Is it I? They all say, someone's going to, but he's making a statement here in this. It's going to happen, but the individual's not determined. It doesn't have to be you. If you look at it, he's reaching out to Judas. Judas, you don't have to go this path. How many know Christ loved Judas? You don't have to go down this road. You don't have to be the individual. You don't have to be the betrayer. Yes, there is going to be a betrayer. Yes, Armageddon's happening, but individually, you don't have to be there. You don't have to be a part of that judgment. The question is the individual's involvement. In our text, again, it says, Behold, verse 15, I come as a thief. Blessed is he who watches, keeps his garments, lest he walks naked and they see his shame. In Hebrews 2 verse 3 says, how shall we escape if we neglect 
so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken of the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Or 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 9, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a firm believer in a pre-tribulation rapture. I'm a believer also in a pre-wrath rapture because the wrath of God is the whole seven years. You read it for yourself, study it out. So then the question is, are you ready for the rapture? Are you ready for the coming of the Lord in the clouds when the trumpet of Christ sounds? Are you ready to meet him? In Genesis 18, verse 25, far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous and with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Should not the judge of all the earth do right? And we know this is Abraham interceding with God when he's speaking about judgment coming upon Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham knowing God, knowing the nature of God, far be it that to slay the righteous with the wicked. And God says, I will not destroy the righteous with the wicked. You know, if there's 50 righteous, 40, 30, 20, 10, there's not even that, uh, amen, God wouldn't have destroyed it. But then it came down to just Lot and his two daughters. And he took them out, just as he took Noah out and he floated above the judgment of the flood. So then you say, Pastor, what should I do? We're seeing this relentless march. We can see where the world's going. Number one, we need to exercise influence. The staggering influence of righteous people to push back even against judgment. 10 righteous people in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah would have pushed that back. Righteous people are salt and light. You make a difference, brother, sister. At your school, at your work, in your home, in your neighbourhood, you make a difference. Genesis 18, verse 32. Let not the Lord be angry. I'll speak once more. Suppose there be 10 should be found. And he says, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. And as he's pleading for, for his people and for those, oh God, this righteous people, hold back the forces of hell. We're not in the tribulation. We have an ability to push back right now. Spiritually, I mean, in our prayers and our righteous lifestyle, you can make a difference. We need to pray secondly for our nation, we need to pray for our leaders. Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear them from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. How long has God got before the, uh, the Armageddon? I don't know. But while we're here, we need to pray. We need to live righteously. We need to be ready and you and I can make a difference in our world. Thirdly, you need to seek to live a pure life. Behold, I'm coming quickly as a thief. It says in verse 15, blessed is he who watches, keeps his garments. It's clean. 1 John 3, 3. 
and everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. It's a bad time to start getting carnal. And fourthly, we want to continue to win souls and encourage them to flee from the judgment to come. No doubt there's a relentless march to Armageddon, that great day of judgment. No doubt that's the case. 40 years ago this year, I saw an advertisement, are these the last days? One of the movie presentations by David Wilkerson of the fame of the cross and the switchblade book and his Times Square church and the great revival that he saw. He produced a movie called Road to Armageddon. I remember walking into that place. I'd never heard of a place called the Potter's House, had no idea what it was. But it was like no other place I'd been to. As I remember sitting there and, and watching and partaking in that and there was a mixture of something stirring my heart, enthusiasm, seeing something that was very unique and special. It was almost like God put a hook in my jaw and brought me back. I didn't get saved that night, but I came back not long after that and responded. Had a powerful born-again experience. Received Christ, got filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues the night I got saved. God met with me powerfully. I realised this book isn't just an ancient book that is on people's bookshelves that cover with dust, but it's more current and more relevant than anything you're getting on your web feeds and your newspaper. It's powerful. And this scripture speaks of a God who wants to forgive and save and rescue and deliver. It was a powerful message. We've got a generation now that the catch phrase or thought is men's hearts are beginning to fail them because of fear. But you know, the night I got saved, fear left me. Fear left me. I'm not afraid of judgment anymore. I'm not afraid of hell anymore. I'm not afraid of what's going to happen to me. I trust in the God, the creator, the saviour. And fear left my life. I live in confidence today because I know he's in charge. I decided to give my life to this powerful saviour, Jesus Christ, who's so powerful and so knowledgeable, tells us what's happening just around the corner. The world is on a relentless march to Armageddon. There's signposts all along the road. But just before we get there, there's going to be a trumpet sound. There's going to be Christ coming in the clouds. And the dead in Christ shall rise first and those which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and then shall we ever be with him. What about you? Is that going to be you? That's my prayer tonight. My prayer today. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer.
the relentless march to Armageddon. 